You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 197, Untie Your Self-Worth. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. What is your self-worth tied to? Are you aware of what you're using to measure your self-worth? Like I know sometimes we have a day and we just feel kind of bad about ourselves But do you really know what that standard is? What are you using to determine if you're a good person, if you're a worthwhile person, if you matter? Many people don't know. They haven't really thought about it. So today that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what you're using to measure your self-worth, get some awareness over that. And then I want to invite you to choose that intentionally, to decide, do I want to keep basing my self-worth on those things? or not. That's a choice you get to make. Now, there could be a lot of things that we tie our self-worth to. And when I say our self-worth is tied to something, I imagine like a little kid pulling around one of those toys on a string. It's like wherever the string goes, it pulls that along with it. So when we tie our self-worth to something, like let's say your self-worth is tied to your appearance, Then when you feel like you look pretty on a given day, it's like you're pulling that string and it's pulling your self-worth with it. It's like, okay, I'm happy with how I look today, so therefore I'm worthy and valuable and good. Now, the issue with this is that because our self-worth is tied to those things, if it's pulled in a different direction, then our self-worth goes that way too and how we feel about ourselves goes that way too. So if we don't look good on a given day, if that's what our self-worth is tied to, then it's like the toddler pulling it through the mud, right? And then we feel bad about ourselves. We're like, oh, I don't feel confident today. I feel terrible. I don't feel like I matter because I don't look how I should today. Okay, so that's what I mean by tying your self-worth to something where that thing goes, whatever you're using to measure your self-worth then your self-worth follows. It goes up and down based on the fluctuation of whatever measurement you're using. So I mentioned our appearance as one. Another one could be your health, maybe how your body is doing, what you're capable of physically. If you're an athlete, if you're able to perform the way you want to, then you could use that to measure your self-worth. Maybe it's dependent on how smooth of a shift you have. If you are handing off tasks during a report and your self-worth is tied to that, then do you feel like you're not a good person? You're not good enough. You're not capable enough. You don't approve of yourself because you're handing off tasks during a report. Or maybe you tie your self-worth to your finances. Where you're like, oh, well, I don't have enough money for this thing that I want to do. I don't get to travel or I don't have as big of a house as I want or I can't buy this car that I want. So my self-worth is down. But then I buy this cute bag and my self-worth is up or I have this much money in my savings account. So my self-worth is up. 
So you see how it follows whatever we're tying it to? And there could be a whole bunch of things. Like we could tie our self-worth to our education, how many degrees we have or what grades we get. And our self-worth fluctuates with that. We tie our self-worth sometimes to relationships. Like I'm dating someone, so I'm valuable. Or someone asked me out, so I'm valuable. Or I'm married, so I'm valuable. And then if our relationship status changes, then all of a sudden we think we're not valuable. We're not good enough. We don't matter. So I want you to just think about that. And, and maybe over the next week, if you're not able to identify it right now, over the next week, just pay attention. What am I tying my self-worth to? Another way I like to think about it is it's when you pick up one end of the stick, you pick up the other, right? I was trying to think what the, the phrase was for that. I had to Google it because I was like, is it both ends of the stick or same side of the stick. I was mixing like two sides of the same coin and things like that. And I was like, I better look this up because the other day I had a friend use a word she didn't fully understand the meaning of and it was kind of hilarious. We were hanging out doing a game night and this friend like turned to all of us and she was like, so do you guys have any fetishes? And I was like, what? Like, like sexual? <laughs> It totally caught me off guard because that's not something she would say. And as we talked about it, we realized that what she thought a fetish was, was a pet peeve. And so it was, you know, totally opposite meaning. So when I was planning this podcast episode, I was like, I, I don't want to accidentally do one of those and say the wrong saying or phrase. So I looked it up. It comes from Stephen Covey. He says, when you pick up one end of the stick, you pick up the other end too. Right? So if I am basing my self-worth on any of those things I just mentioned or something else, then when that's going well, my self-worth is up. When that's not going well, my self-worth is down. So when you pick up one side, you pick up the other right along with it. And when we're doing that, then our self-worth can feel like it's on a roller coaster. Then it does have big swings in the ups and downs, right? It's like, I had a great shift. I'm feeling awesome. I'm proud of myself. I love myself. And now I had a rough shift where my patients were mad at me and I didn't get meds passed on time. So now I'm at a low. Now, we still want those things to go a certain way, right? We're like, I would like my shift to go smoothly. I would like my patients to be happy with me. I would like to be in control of my finances and meet my financial goals. I would like to get good grades. I would like to have an education. Like all of those things are totally fine. But what I'm saying is we don't have to base our self-worth on it. Then those things can fluctuate where we get a good grade or we have a good shift or we feel like we look good a certain day. And we're like, okay, that's kind of fun. I like that. I enjoy it. But then on the days when those things dip down, it's like, oh, I didn't do so well on this test, or I had a bill come up I wasn't expecting, or my boyfriend broke up with me, then we're still disappointed or sad or feeling whatever we need to feel about it. But our self-worth is still up. It doesn't go on the roller coaster along with those other things that fluctuate in our lives. So I want to help you decide if you want to keep your self-worth tied to certain things and make that choice so that you're at least aware, like, I'm choosing this roller coaster. Or if you want to, you can step off the roller coaster. Now, here's kind of what happens for me. I think some of the things I tend to base my self-worth on are if I'm productive, 
on a given day that sometimes if I'm not choosing intentionally, my brain wants to tell me being productive makes you valuable. It means you're contributing, right? It has like this whole story about how being productive is better than not being productive and what things count as being productive. So that's one of the things my brain likes to base my self-worth on sometimes. Or maybe it likes to choose how my kids are behaving or how they feel about me. If there's contention in our household, then my self-worth dips down. If everyone's happy and behaving, then my self-worth goes up. So I just want you to get awareness of that for yourself. What is it for you that you're tying it to? And then let's just take a step back from it. So when I look at those things, I can logically see that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And maybe you can too with some of yours. Like if you base it on your looks or your education or your grades, or your relationship status, maybe you can step back from it and you see like, logically, I know that doesn't really make me a better person. Or logically, I know I'm still valuable regardless of what's happening in that area of my life. So even though we, with our higher brain, can sometimes see like, yeah, if that doesn't make someone more valuable, like I have, like maybe you base your self-worth on your relationship status, but you can look at other people who are single and you're like, oh, totally, they're just as valuable. So like your brain knows it's illogical, that you don't really truly believe that or else it would be true about everybody else too. But for some reason with ourselves, it can be harder to untie that link of, no, my self-worth really does depend on this. So our first step is really just to get that awareness, to notice, okay, my self-worth right now is tied to this thing, this other part of my life. And sometimes that creates a roller coaster that I might not love. Okay. And sometimes that's all it takes is we just have to get awareness of that thought. And then we can see, okay, I don't actually believe that. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to set it down and walk away from that thought. Like the other day, I was talking to one of my friends about how I have so many baby clothes in our attic in storage. And the reason I keep these clothes is because I'm still undecided. I don't know how I feel about a baby number three quite yet. So I haven't felt ready to completely get rid of all the clothes, but also I don't like having tons and tons of storage taken up by baby clothes that aren't being used. And as I was talking to my friend about it, I was saying how I don't want to get rid of these baby clothes because there's so much baby stuff out in the world. I feel like there's so much waste with baby clothes because they wear them for such a short period of time and then they grow out of them and then you get new clothes and people give you so many clothes that we always had way more than we needed. And so I was like, if we have another baby, I just want to use used stuff so that I'm not putting more baby stuff out into the world. And that's just my own feeling about it. Like you, if you love having fresh, new, adorable baby clothes, I do not judge you for that. Those are lovely too. But for me, I was like, I'm totally happy using used baby clothes. And as I was talking about it, I realized that this thought that's just kind of been in my lower brain didn't make a lot of sense. It was like telling me I'm being environmentally conscious by hoarding all these baby clothes in my attic so that if we choose to have another baby, we can reuse them. Meanwhile, all these clothes aren't getting used by other people who have babies right now. 
And so just bringing that thought to my awareness and realizing it didn't make sense at all, I could just let it go. I was like, oh, it's not more environmentally conscious to hold on to all of these clothes. It actually could be more environmentally conscious to get rid of them. Right? So sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes when I'm coaching nurses in Bold Nurse Society, we just hold up that mirror to their brain and I show them their thoughts. And as they see it, they're like, oh my gosh, that is so interesting. How silly my lower brain was telling me this whole story that doesn't even make sense. And we don't judge it. We just notice it. And it's just kind of amusing. Sometimes it's fascinating. But then sometimes we can just let it go. Like that story we had, those thoughts we had, sometimes we can just let them go and be like, okay, I'm I'm done with that now. I'm ready to move on to something else. So that could be how it is with your self-worth, where you get that awareness like, oh, I was tying my self-worth to whatever it is right? I tied it to X, Y, and Z. I don't think that even makes sense. So I'm just going to let that go. That's kind of nice when that happens, right? But that's not the case all the time. Sometimes we have a really tight grip around a thought. It just feels so true to us that even as we get awareness over it, maybe we can see some flaws in the logic behind it. We still feel like it's pretty true. I kind of think I'm right about this one. That's how it was for me with feeling like my worth was based on productivity. And most of us have a lot of things we base our worth on, but that was one of my big ones where it was like, okay, I was really productive today. I am so valuable. Look how much I'm contributing. Look how important I am. Look how much everybody needs me. I'm so valuable because I got all this stuff done on my to-do list and more, way more than I expected. But then, remember, the other side of the stick comes with it. So on the days when I didn't get very much done, it'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so worthless today. I'm not pulling my weight. I'm not doing my share. I'm not valuable. I'm not helpful. So even as I bring that to my awareness, like, do I want to base my worth on how productive I am? Because that kind of keeps me on this hamster wheel of needing to do more and more and more. So as I notice it, I'm like, I don't love it, but it still just feels kind of true that the more I do, the more I contribute, the more valuable I am. So if you get awareness over what you're tying your self-worth to, and it still just feels kind of true to you, then here's what we can do about that. So I was thinking about some other thoughts like that, that just feel true to me. And one of those is that It's better to be on time than to be late. So I was thinking about this the other day as I was getting my kids ready to get out the door and get to their childcare and we were behind and I was getting kind of stressed about it, even though we weren't really egregiously late, right? Which is funny that my brain assigns like what, at what minute does it become egregious and other minutes? It's like, okay, that's acceptably late. Like I would say we were still in the acceptably late category, but my brain didn't like it. It was like, we're late every morning. Can't we just get ready on time? And so I was starting to feel stressed out about it, but here's what I did. I decided to try on the idea that there's no such thing as being late. 
Now, some of you, that might hurt your brain. You might be like, um, yes, there certainly is such a thing as being late. If your shift starts at seven o'clock, you better be clocked in by seven o'clock. If you're there at 7.01, you are late. And I know like there are clocks out there. There are times when things start. There are expectations people have. But what I was trying on in my brain was just this idea what if there really isn't any such thing as being late? Like, yes, there's arriving after the time something was said to start, but what if that doesn't mean you're late? What if whenever we get somewhere, we get there right on time? Whatever time we show up, that is right on time. That's when we're supposed to get there. For some reason, if we get there at 7.05 and our shift started at 7, we were supposed to be there five minutes later. And we might not know why, but you can just choose to believe that's the exact time I was supposed to be there. Now, if this is hurting your brain, stay with me here because it kind of hurt my brain too. And that's okay. But what I did was I was like, my brain doesn't fully believe that. Just like your brain might not fully believe your self-worth doesn't depend on something you've been tying it to for a long time. So it's okay if you don't believe it yet. I was like, that's just an interesting idea. That whatever time I get somewhere, I'm not late. I'm getting there at the perfect time I was supposed to get there. And even though my brain didn't fully believe it yet, I decided to explore what it would be like if I did believe that. So this is where having little kids comes in handy because we do a lot of pretending at my house. As we get older, we don't use our imaginations as much. If you do, awesome. Let's be friends. I love people with vivid imaginations. So at my house with my young kids, we play a lot of house and doctor and games. Like we were at the park day and my daughter was picking up sticks and pretending it was a wand. So we do lots of imaginary things. And so if your brain isn't ready to accept something new as truth, then just play pretend for a second. So that's what I did with my brain. I was like, let's just play pretend. Like, I don't believe that there's no such thing as being late right now, but I'm just going to pretend for just a second that I do believe it. And I'm just going to imagine what it would be like if I truly believed there was no such thing as being late. So I let my brain just go there. I gave it permission to. I was like, we don't have to believe this forever. We're just going to pretend for a little bit. So I imagined it was... 7.45 in the morning, the time that we usually should be in, like, I've always told myself at least, we should be in the car on the way to preschool. I was like, let's imagine it's 7.45 in the morning and my daughter is upstairs brushing her teeth, doesn't have her socks and shoes on, and Eli is in his room and he needs his diaper changed. I'm still like in my pajamas and I haven't gotten changed yet but it's 7.45. But I believe we will get there exactly when we're supposed to. How would that morning play out? And I just let myself imagine it. Because I know what happens now. Like when I think it's really important that we're on time and we can't be late and it's bad to be late, then that story is full of anxiety and irritability and nagging and rushing and and contention and power struggles. That's what that 
story is. But what would this other story be if I believe there's no such thing as being late and we get there right on time? It is so much more peaceful, is what I realized. We still have to do all the things. I change the diaper. My daughter brushes her teeth. Get socks and shoes on. I change out of my clothes. We still do all of that stuff that before we would have done from irritability and anxiety. But now, because I truly believe it's okay, we'll get there exactly when we're supposed to. I get to be peaceful as we do all of that. And so the whole purpose of letting yourself imagine that is just to see what it would be like to swap out those thoughts. You don't have to commit to it yet, but just get a glimpse. Like you have a crystal ball and you're just taking a look. Like what would it be like if that's really what I believed? And as we do that, it's a little bit more compelling to let go of those old thoughts that we've been holding on to so tightly, isn't it? The difference between those two stories, the version of the story when I'm stressed and irritable, and then the peaceful story, I know what experience I would prefer. And then we can start to kind of poke holes in that other belief, like, oh, I used to think it was really important that I had to believe we had to be on time and that it's bad to be late. But as we see that those beliefs are not creating what I want, it's not creating me getting anywhere earlier, it's not creating the atmosphere I want in my home and with my family and with me internally, then even though that thought felt so true and important, it's like, oh, wait a second. Maybe it's not as useful as I thought it was. And then my brain opens itself up even more to the possibility of thinking about it this new way, where it's like, oh, before I thought it was just absurd to think being late wasn't even possible or that we get there right on time. Like that just sounded kind of absurd to me. But now as I've imagined it and I've seen what that could look like, I'm like, maybe, maybe. I want to choose that one instead. So that's what you can do with your brain is just play pretend for a little bit. As you get that awareness and you're like, okay, this is what I'm basing my self-worth on right now. What if I believed that my self-worth had nothing to do with that? That no matter what was going on in that area of my life, I was 100% valuable. And your brain might sound some alarms and be like, oh, that's dangerous. Don't let yourself think that. But just remind your brain, we're just playing pretend right now. We're just imagining. And then let yourself picture that. If you were like, my grades don't determine my worth. Just let yourself imagine for a second, what if I was in school and I just failed a test? but I knew that I was 100% valuable. Even though I got an F, even though I might drop out of school or we have to retake a class or whatever, like even if it was like that extreme, if I knew my self-worth was still at 100%, what would it look like in that moment? Or your relationship status? If that didn't determine your self-worth, I want you just to imagine 
going into that land where you truly believed that? What version of you would be showing up in that story? How would you interact with other people? What would you think about yourself if you went on a date and then it didn't turn into a second date? How would you show up in other social situations with groups of people you don't really know very well? How does it all change when we untie our self-worth to those things? We don't have to go on the roller coaster with the other parts of our lives that we can't always control. And we can let go of trying to control those things that we don't have the power over. Now, I want to speak to this real quick because I know this might be something that is coming up for you. I know a lot of times we think, well, if I don't base my self-worth on that thing, then I'm going to completely let myself go. Right? Like, if I don't base my self-worth on my looks, then I'm not going to try anymore. My hygiene is going to go out the window. I'm never going to shower again. I'm never going to put makeup on. I'm not going to wear cute clothes if I'm not basing my self-worth on that. Or we're like, if I don't base my self-worth on my grades, then I'm not going to try in school anymore. What's going to be the point of studying? Why would I even go back to school? So we tend to have these extremes, this like all or nothing thinking where it's like, it has to be so important to me that I base my self-worth on it, or I'm going to just let myself go and I'm not going to do anything or achieve any of my goals. And I don't think it really works that way. Because I think we have lots of other reasons we want to do those things still without it being based on our self-worth. Like our self-worth might be at the forefront of our mind sometimes because it feels so emotionally up and down. But you probably have lots of other reasons you want to take showers. (laughs) You probably have lots of other reasons you like to do makeup and like to look a certain way. You probably have lots of other reasons you want to go to school and you want to study and do well on your tests. You probably have lots of other reasons you want to date or find a partner. So I don't think all of that just goes away when we untie our self-worth. And if it does, if you do untie your self-worth from something and all of a sudden you completely don't care about that thing anymore, maybe that was for the best. Maybe that wasn't something you really wanted to be part of your life anyway. Because if you don't have other reasons you like for continuing your goals in that area of your life, then it might not be compelling it to you anymore. And that might be okay. Then you can put your energy towards other things that you do like your reasons for pursuing. Okay? So just know that untying your worth to something doesn't mean you're going to just let it go. It's not dangerous like our brains think it is. And in fact, if we let ourselves play pretend for a second, sometimes we'll see that by untying our self-worth to it, it actually helps us get to our goals more consistently in those areas. Just like with the being late idea, and there's, there's no such thing as being late. Like when I play out that alternative imaginary story in my mind, where I'm like, There's no such thing as being late. We get there right on time. Then what actually happens is I'm probably more likely to be on time. Because I'm calm. I'm peaceful. 
And then I'm not pushing my kids too much or instigating those power struggles. And so ironically, when you let go of the need to have it work the way you want, it actually tends to play out that way more often. If you're not basing your self-worth on your grades, you might have less test anxiety. And you might perform better on your tests and get higher grades. When your self-worth isn't tied to your relationship status, then you might show up more authentically in relationships and like who you're being and set boundaries and break up with people that you shouldn't be with that aren't the type of relationship you want and find a relationship that you truly want in your life. That's the crazy thing. When we stop tying our self-worth to it, when we stop needing it to validate our worth, we're actually more likely to achieve those goals. So that's your challenge this week, is to pay attention to what you're basing your self-worth on, and then ask yourself, do I want to keep basing my self-worth on that? I get to make that choice. And if you're not completely ready to let it go, that's okay. Just play pretend with some alternatives. Let yourself see what it could look like to believe that your self-worth is always at 100%. How would that change your life? All right, my friends, thanks for being here. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Take care.